Good morning, Summit Church. Hope everybody is doing good. My name is Andy, and I'm one of the pastors here. And if I haven't had the opportunity to meet you yet, I hope I get that opportunity very, very soon. Now, today, I have the privilege of being able to wrap up this series called Now What? Now What? I mean, what are we supposed to do? We're starting a brand new year. 2022 is here and we still find ourselves in the middle of this pandemic now, two years in. Did anybody, anybody think we would be two years into this and still having to deal with this? I know that I didn't. But we found ourselves here, and we've talked about in this series how we can make sure we can move forward in times of uncertainty. Even in the now what moments of 2022, We can move through this year with certainty and with purpose, and specifically with purpose and with certainty in who we are in Christ. So today, as we wrap up this series, we're going to kind of tie a big bow on it, and we're going to talk about how we can make sure as Christ followers that we activate our faith, that we put our faith into action, and better yet, not just activate our faith, but also stay firm in who We are and recognize that God is our source in order for us to be able to activate our faith in the first place. So becoming more and more like Jesus for us today is this, being and doing, being and doing. How do we become more and more like Christ with the idea of being who we are in Jesus while at the same time doing and activating our faith so that others, people see Jesus through you and I? Now, let me just say this right up front, that this message today is probably as much for me as it is for you. In fact, I would go as far to say is that maybe this message is really just for me, and you're just here as kind of accountability partners, and if I had like a couch, I could just lay down on the couch, and this could be like a therapy session for me. Because for me, personally, one of these comes a little bit more natural than the other. And for those of you who know me, you probably already know which one it is. So over the years, I have had to find a better rhythm of this being and doing. So this message today is as much for me as it is for anybody else here. Now, I want to say this right up front because I think in our society and today, the culture we live in, when we think about the idea of doing and putting our faith into action, with everything else in culture tells us that our worth and our value is determined by how well we do that. In other words, uh, we have performance reviews in our jobs. Uh, Students, you get graded on tests by how well you take the test. And our value and our worth a lot of time is determined by how well we do this. So I want to say right up front that when it comes to your walk with God and when it comes to your relationship with God, that that is the furthest thing from the truth. That God's value and your worth to God has already been defined that when he created you and when he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. So the success for how well you do this does not determine your worth and your value. Jesus did that on the cross for all of us. God said, I love you so much and I place so much worth and so much value on you that I'm willing to sacrifice my son so that I can have a relationship with you. So just wanna make sure everybody knows that right up front. Now, when it comes to this whole idea of being and doing, like I said, one of these comes a little bit more natural to me than the other. And you probably guess it, it is the doing part. 
I am an action-oriented type person. I love completing tasks. I find worth in completing tasks. I like to roll up my sleeves. I like to get in the trenches with all of you and serve with you. In fact, if you served at some point on a setup and teardown team, you know this about me. I love getting there before you, and I love kind of setting the tone for what the day was going to look like. And even in our outreach, I love going out and rolling up my sleeves and getting dirty next to you and being the hands and feet of God. See, this comes very natural to me because this is kind of how I was brought up. See, I was raised by my parents with a very strong work ethic. And uh, my dad had a lot to do with this. So when I talk about therapy, we always go in therapy. We don't we always go back to the dad. Why is it the dad's fault anyway, right? So my dad had this very strong work ethic. In fact, up until now, my dad can still work circles around this old boy. He is a workaholic. In fact, he always had multiple jobs in his working career. Not only did he work a full-time job with Tyco Electronics until he just recently retired, But my dad was also a part of the volunteer fire department. He was a part of the National Guard. uh, And if that wasn't enough, he was also a general contractor on the side, right? Because everybody, you know, they work a full-time job and they want to be a general contractor as well. So for us growing up, we built spec houses and we did all kinds of renovation and remodeling projects. So for me growing up, this is what it looked like. We played sports and stuff. But most every evening, we were working on some sort of project. And every single Saturday, we were up by 6 because you have to get on the job site before the sun comes up, right? You can't lose any daylight at all. And we would put in a 12 and sometimes 14-hour days depending on how long the sun would stay up. And the day's worth and the day's value was always determined by what we were able to accomplish in that day. And you're probably sitting there like, what in the world? Your dad did that to you? Yes, and I loved it. I appreciated it. I am so glad that I was raised in the family I was raised in because for me, it gave me the work ethic that I have. So naturally, this doing part comes very natural to me. And if you're like me and you're sitting here today and you're like, yep, pastor, that is me Preach on, we need more people to roll up their sleeves and to get dirty with the mission work of the Lord Jesus and let's go take the next hill, right? But if you're not like us and you're more of a beer and beer comes more natural to you, you're probably sitting there like, seriously, Pastor, take a chill pill. I haven't even had my second cup of coffee yet. Can you please just slow down a little bit? And you're probably thinking, listen, Andy, what would it look like for you to sleep in past eight o'clock on Saturday? I don't know. I don't know if I've ever done that. But here's what I know, that no matter which one of these comes a little bit more natural to you, whether you're a beer naturally or you're more of a doer and you're more action-oriented, that if we don't get this balance right of being and doing, that both of them actually have a dark side. They both have a downside to them. See, if you're like me and you're just go, 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 get it done, let's get another task. What's the next task for us to accomplish? How are we gonna roll up our sleeves on this one and just get it done? That eventually, if we don't let that go unchecked, or if we let that go unchecked, eventually it leads to burnout. Eventually, we run ourselves, our bodies, our minds, and even our souls into the ground. Eventually, even good things, listen to me, 
even godly things, even godly things that go unchecked without a season of rest and a rhythm of rest and coming back to God can be a bad thing because we lose out, we miss out on what the focus and why we were even doing the task in the first place. And if it goes unchecked, eventually the task just become about us and look what I can do and all these accolades, and look at me, everybody. Look what I can do. And we have to come back to the bee. And the same thing for the beer. If you're naturally a beer, if you go unchecked for too long, guess what you miss out on? The downside for you is that you never activate your faith. You never live out your faith, and you never live and be the hands and feet of God. And if that goes unchecked without becoming a doer, then it becomes about self-centeredness. It comes about knowledge. Oh, I know the Bible very well, Pastor. Well, good for you. So did the Pharisees. And they never put it into action. So in this series, we've been talking about how do we figure out how we can become more and more like Christ, especially in a time of uncertainty. And for me, over the years, here's what I have figured out. That be and do equal become. I want to make sure I point out that middle word there. And, the be and do equals become more and more like Christ. We purposely did not put plus, be plus do, because it's not a formula for us to figure out. It is about a balance and a rhythm. It's about figuring out how we can balance this rhythm of be and do so that we can become more and more like Christ. Now, this eventually helps me become a better dad. The be and the do helps me become a better husband to Stephanie. The be and the do helps me become a better pastor, a better friend, and more importantly, a better follower of Jesus. Now, here's what I know, is that right now in this room is filled with people that one of these comes a little bit more natural to you than the other. And you probably already know which one it is. I probably don't have to tell you. And today's purpose of this message is not to make you feel guilty about whatever one it is. The purpose of today's message is to make us more aware that in order to become more and more like Christ, that we must find a balance, that we must find a rhythm, that we must connect the two together, the be and the do, because both of them are good. One's not better than the other, but they're meant to work together, the be and the do equals become. So if you're naturally more of a doer, I hope that by the end of this message today, you go, man, I need to find seasons of rest and just be with God and allow God to fill me back up. And if doing is something or being is something that comes a little bit more natural to you, then I hope by the end of this message, you go, I need to activate my faith. I need to put my faith into action because just being is unhealthy for me. So for our time today, I'd love to describe or define these two as this. That when it comes to being, we're gonna say being is remembering and resting in who God is and what only God can do. 
That being is remembering that God is the creator of everything that you and I experience. He created the heavens and the earth. He created everything that we see here on earth. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He is a place that we can come back to as our beacon, as our resting place. He is our safe place. And there are certain things that even for us doers, even those who are, us who are task-oriented, there are certain things that only God can do. So we need to rest in that and to just be with God in that. And when it comes to the doing, we're gonna define it like this, that doing is actively following Jesus by loving and serving others. This is where we begin to activate our faith and we are the hands and feet of Jesus. One without the other leads to burnout. They both have the potential to have a downside if we don't find this rhythm. Now, what we're gonna see is that there, this balance and this rhythm of the be and the do, we're gonna see it all throughout scripture. In fact, if you go all the way back to the very beginning, even God, when he created everything that you and I experienced, even from the very beginning, he built in this rhythm. He created and then he rests. He was setting the tone for you and I that there was important for us to live a life of action but also to come back and just rest and to just be. And we're gonna look at some specific scripture today that I hope will help us drive home this whole idea of being and doing. Let's look at what the psalmist says in Psalm 46, one through three. He said, God is our refuge and our strength. He is always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. He said, let the oceans roar and foam and let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. The psalmist is vividly describing imagery about what Israel was facing there in their time. They were living in times of uncertainty. They were experiencing earthquakes and seeing mountains literally crumble into the sea. The oceans were rolling. And the psalmist is saying that even in this time of uncertainty in Israel's life, that God is our refuge. That God is our safe place. That God is our source of our strength. That God is our beacon See, this is the being of remembering and resting in who God is. So no matter what 2022 brings for you and I, whatever uncertainty that we face, no matter how long COVID were to last or when it goes away, praise the Lord, maybe next week, that'd be awesome. We can rest in the assurance of who God is because he is still sitting on the throne. None of this is any surprise to him, the uncertainty that you and I are facing, nor was it a surprise to him back when Israel faced it. And then the psalmist goes on in verse 10, and he says, be still and know that I am God. Hey, Andy, be still. Hey, Andy, I, I know that you're a doer. Andy, I know that I designed you to be a doer and to get things done. Hey, Andy, I know that you're an action-oriented person. Hey, listen, all of you action-oriented people are like me. God is saying, be still and know that I am God. See, what the psalmist is saying here 
is that not only can we honor God with our actions and our, our relationships that we have, but we actually honor God by finding a rhythm of just being still. And this looks a little bit different for all of us. All of us are wired a little bit different. Maybe for you, the being still moment is meditation. Anybody like to meditate? I tried that one time, and my wife was like, just try it for 10 minutes. I didn't make it 10 seconds. My mind is messed up, y'all. I started thinking about all the things that I had to do. So for me, meditation's probably not it. But prayer, prayer is one for me. Maybe God's word, getting in God's word, and this is your be still. This is refills you. This fills you back up so that you can continue to go and do the work that God has set into motion for you. But let me tell you one of the greatest be stills for me personally. You see, our family loves getting outdoors. Our family loves seeing God's creation. We love going to the mountains. We love taking hikes. We, we love enjoying just being out in nature. So naturally for us, this kind of led to us camping over the years. Our family loves to camp. And years ago, we decided that we were going to financially invest into something that filled us back up. So we financially invested into a camper, and we bought a camper. And I love that we live here in North Carolina where we can get to the mountains in like an hour or an hour and a half, depending on where you go. And then we can even get down to the coast in like three and a half hours. Unless you're like me, even when I pull the camper, I see what that says I'm supposed to be there by. It's like you got three hours and 30 minutes, and I'm like, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to get there in three hours and 22 minutes. Anybody else as sick as me? Anybody? Yeah. See? And for us, we love camping and getting outdoors. And here's what we discovered a few years back, about five years ago that we actually really love camping at the beach. Now, let me just tell you, I wasn't crazy about this idea at first. I am type A. I do not like sand up in places that sand should not be. And I thought, listen, I don't want sand all up in my camper. They'll be bringing sand into the beds and it'll be all in the camper. And I thought, this is gonna be awful. This is not gonna fill me back up. This is gonna drain me. But I'm telling you, what we discovered is that I really really love it. I love camping at the beach. And for me, one of my favorite things that I do when we go camping at the beach is that I love to get up super early. And a lot of times I'll check my phone and I'll see when the sun is going to come up over the ocean. And I'll say, I got to get out there and see it. So at least one or two mornings out of our trips that we're at the beach, I get up early. I like to make a pot of coffee and I fill up my coffee cup because we all know that caffeine you have to have even if you're watching the sun come up. And I make my way out to the beach. Sometimes my family joins me and sometimes they don't. But I go out and I sit on the beach. And I don't know if you've ever been out on the beach before the sun comes up. But it's still, it's, you can still see it's, it's light enough. And there are lots of people usually out. Maybe they're walking the dogs or they're exercising. Or they're like me. They're just sitting still to see the sunrise. And a lot of people's cameras are out and they're watching. And here's one of the things that I have noticed over my years of doing this. That is just as soon as that little bitty sliver of the sun, that orange ball starts to come over the horizon. That for almost three minutes, everybody stops what they're doing. And they stand still. And they watch the sun. For three minutes, it's almost as if everybody is pledging their allegiance to the creator of the sun. 
the creator of the one who put the sun in motion thousands and thousands of years ago, the creator of the one that put the waves into motion that are coming up onto the beach and crashing onto the beach. And for three minutes, everybody stands still. And as soon as that sun is completely up, people go about their day. For me, this is my be still. God fills me back up. I can't even begin to tell you how much he fills me back up by experiencing this. Now, I don't know what your be still is. Maybe you don't care anything about the sun coming up because you're like, I can't get up that early. I don't know. But my encouragement to you is whatever it is, you need to figure it out. You need to figure out what's your be still moment so that God can begin to fill you back up and rejuvenate you and remind you that resting in the one who created it all is where it all began. And that's why we do the do. See, the being in God prepares us to become the hands and feet and now putting our faith into action and moving to the doing. Now, when we talk about the doing, God commissioned us before, Jesus commissioned us before he left here to go into the world. That's an action that we are meant to go and to be doers, to put our faith into action. So for us, we're gonna look at some of the scripture when it comes to what Jesus said about what this looks like. Here's what Mark recorded in chapter 10, verse 45. He said, this is Jesus talking. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, hey, listen, I am the son of God. I am one with the Father. That if I wanted to, I could have came and made everybody just serve me. But Jesus knew that there was something more important to his mission here on earth. It wasn't just about going to the cross and sacrificing his life for us. He was setting into motion and setting this rhythm of what it looks like for us to be his Christ followers. I mean, if we're going to be Christians and we're going to call ourselves Christ followers, then shouldn't we represent the one we say we follow? And he said he came not to be served, but to serve others. See, this was the mission of Jesus. His entire life was about putting others before himself, even all the way to the end of his life when he took his last breath. His life was about putting others before himself. And as Christ followers... That should be our mission. That should be our due. That should be where we put our faith into action. And even the Apostle Paul, later on after Jesus is gone, he's trying to encourage the church and the new Christians to remember what Jesus put into motion when it come to this. And here's what Paul had to say when he was writing a letter to the church in Philippi. In Philippians 2, 5 through 7, he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a, what's that word? A servant. See, Paul was reminded them what Jesus had already said and what he had already put into motion, that he came not to be served, but to serve others. So for you and I, that means that in order to represent Christ in our community, we must take on the position and the posture 
of a servant. Listen, students, what does this mean for you in your schools? I mean, what would it look like if in our schools you went and said, man, in order for me to represent Christ in my school, that means I must become a servant. That means I must put others' needs before myself. I I get it. That's completely backwards from what the world is telling you. The world is saying, hey, you look out for you. You do what's best for you, and you worry about you. You're number one. But Jesus flipped all that on his head, and he said, no, 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 no. In order for you to honor me, you must take on the position of a servant and put others before yourself. And even James, the brother of Jesus, said that it's not enough for us just to know God's word, but that we must become doers of God's word. There's that balance again of being and doing. And even Jesus himself, even though his whole life was about putting others first, Jesus modeled this balance just as well. Jesus was constantly saying, okay, I need to pull back. I need to get some time alone from the, away from the crowds. I need to have some time with just my inner circle. I need to have some time to reflect on why I'm here. I need to make sure that I am in line with what God wants me to do. And even right before he would go to the cross and ultimately show what servanthood looked like, Jesus would spend an entire night with his father and saying, not my will, but thine. See, that's what being and doing looks like. In order for you and I to become more like Christ, we must get the be and the do. It has to be a balance of both and, not one or the other. One without one eventually has the potential to have downsides. And what if resting in the supernatural, in God, prepared us to do his work here in the natural. What if resting in the natural, the being in God, prepared us in order to be God here in the natural, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus? So what what does this mean for you? I would imagine you've probably already been thinking, man, I'm more naturally a beer. I can just sit in the presence of God and I can just be still. My encouragement to you is to find a way to begin to put your faith into action. To find a way to volunteer and to serve and to begin to give your life away for others. Because the mission of God is too important for us to miss it. He has called us to put our faith into action and be doers of his word. For those of you, maybe you're like me, and you're a doer. Sometimes if you're being honest, you forget why you're doing it in the first place. And we can lose out, miss out on what it was really all about. And if we're not careful, it'll become about us. Another way to look at this is that when it comes to the being in God, This is God as our source filling us up. This is God as our source pouring into you and saying, I love you this much. I am your source. I am your safe place. I am your refuge. I am your strength. Don't forget it. 
I'm here to fill you back up. You can come to me, all who are broken and weary, and I will provide you what you need to fill you up. And when it comes to the doing, another way to look at it is this is us as Christ followers pouring ourselves out to others. And this becoming more and more like Christ is this constant rhythm of filling yourself up and giving yourself away. It's this constant rhythm of saying, God, I need you to fill me up. God, right now as I stand on this beach and I look at the sun coming up, God, I need you to fill me up, to give me your power and your strength to continue to do the work, God, that you have called me to do so that when I go back home, God, I can pour myself out to those around me. Here's what I know. Our schools, our homes, our communities, our neighborhoods, this world, right now in 2022, they desperately need to see Christians being Christ followers. They desperately need to see what it looks like to put others first because society has said something completely different. But it only starts when we fill ourselves up with our source so that we can give ourselves away. I'm telling you, God can change the world through this concept of being and doing. And it starts with me and you. It starts with us being willing to say, God, that's me. I need to move in the direction of that. I need to find a better rhythm, Father. God, would you just help me? So right now, I want to pray for you. And as I pray, I want you to be honest with God with whatever it is that comes more natural to you, whatever one you have to work a little bit more at that doesn't come natural, would you just ask for God to be your strength in that so that you can rest in who he is and what he's already done for you? Father, God, I am grateful that God, this is a lesson that you have been teaching me over and over and over again in my life. God, I'm grateful for how you wired me, God, to be a doer. God, I'm grateful for the upbringing that I have, God. And I know right now that every single person in this room, God, you created them in some way that we're not all wired the same, God. You made us all different on purpose and for purpose. God, you allowed us to be brought up in the homes that we were brought up in for a reason. But Father, I ask that for me and for every person here, that we take a step in the direction that we need to swing in order for us to get this rhythm right in the be and the do. God, may it start right here in this moment. May we commit, God, that we want to find, this, find a better rhythm in this process. God, thank you for being our source, for loving us first, that God, you first filled us up so that we could pour ourselves out into this world. And I pray as we do, 
that God, you would completely change our schools and our communities and our homes. May people see us in the doing, our actions and how we love others, by how we serve others and put others before ourselves. And may they see you, not us. So God, help us with this balance. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, you may be thinking, so where do I go from here? We wanna help you as much as we can. Maybe for you, you need to start reading God's word and that begins to fill you back up. And if you're like, I don't even know where to begin with that. We would love to help you. We have free Bibles every single week out here. Our guest services team would love to talk to you. We even have little, uh, little books that you can carry with you if you're like, man, I don't even know where to begin with this. Then we would love to put one of those. It's the Gospel of John. It's a great place to start. And if we run out, I'll order as many as we need. And maybe today you're like, I, I need to take a step in the doing. Then we would love to help you with that as well. We'd love to help you find a way to begin to pour yourself out for others. So you can stop by the gallery and talk to one of our guest service team members about that as well. Now, next week, we're starting a brand new series called In Between. If you ever had that time in your life where you're like, I feel like I'm kind of just in between right now. Maybe you kind of seen what your life was and you're like, but I really want to be there, but I don't know how to get there. And I don't know how to honor God in this time in between. We're going to talk about that. And here's what I know, that there are people all around your community and your neighborhoods that are dealing with this as well. And I want you to invite them to come and sit in the empty seat next to you next week as we start this new series. All right, last thing. Who's going to win the games today? Anybody? Chiefs? Ah, I like it. San Francisco? Oh, Rams. All right. Anyway. All right. You guys have a great day. Thanks for being here. We'll see you about next week. Bye.